0: Welcome to years of 90. Uh, this is our premiere episode. I'm your host Noah Riss. I got to my right, Josh Harvey, our other host. And our third host is not here because he's at a uh, ballet slash ballerina competition. So shout out to Jay Ward, uh, wherever he is right now. <laughs> For our first episode, we, we have been talking about doing our show years of 90. And what we want our show to be about is... The, the best decade known to man, which is the nineties. is just so much that uh, we got from the nineties. And of course it's, it's nostalgic because of our childhood. But Josh, uh, you know, I wanna, I'm gonna swing it to you in a second here because we initially said our first episode would be about Michael Jordan. You know, that was, we kind of came to a consensus. The biggest thing from the nineties was Jordan. And we wanted to talk about uh, the impact that Michael Jordan had on the nineties and just basketball. And unfortunately, on last Sunday, of course the news broke that the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant passed away uh, in a tragic helicopter uh, crash. (coughs) So we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to do episode one uh, in tribute to Kobe, because of course he was your favorite player. Um, And I had a lot of respect for Kobe, even though I love LeBron, uh, the respect that I have for Kobe uh, was immense especially toward the end of his career when he retired and so I don't want to take too long on this because I want you to have the floor but I thought what I what I got out of this past week just going through those range of emotions and you know the, I, I didn't even cry until the first game that the Lakers played like I was sad I was like dang man I, I, I was having nightmares about it but when I saw the game and, and uh, Quinn Cook broke down, Anthony Davis broke down, they all broke down, and you saw the eight and the 24, the wreaths on the court, it, it kind of just, it, set, it, it, it starts sitting in like, dang, man, this is this is a memorial for a player, one of the greatest players we've ever seen, arguably the greatest, some would say he's the greatest player to ever hold the basketball, and he's gone, we didn't get a chance to say goodbye, it wasn't a slow death, it was just, he's gone, and so, as I began to reflect on uh, about Kobe's life, which is what we've been kind of all doing this week, I was more uh, blown away by his impact off the court than on the court, because right. on the court, we know him on the court, Black Mamba, Killer, Deadly, Fade Away, Pull Up Jumper, all that. Kobe Afro, Kobe bald head, but the fact that he was starting to turn a, kind of a corner in his life, in terms of being really happy, able to spend time with his family, um, finding other loves besides the game of basketball and being able to apply it to his life and to inspire everybody else. The mama mentality, as you said many times before, it transcends basketball. And that's what separates Kobe from Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem. It's his mentality, his mind. Because all of the greats, whenever we talk about the greatest basketball players of all time, they normally have some kind of super, superhuman uh, strength. Yeah. They almost like a superhero. Like Kareem, seven foot tall, skyhook, does something nobody else can do. Yeah. Michael Jordan, fly in the air. You know, nobody else can hold the hang time. As, we call the brother Eric, Eric Jordan. Jordan for crying out loud. Right. Magic, 6'9", point guard, never seen him before. Yeah. LeBron James, 6'9", 270. Moves like 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 Usain Bolt, but has the strength of Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, seven foot Goliath, who right. can move up and down the court like a gazelle. The reason I'm saying all this is because when it comes to Kobe, Kobe's athletic, obviously more athletic than the, than the average person because he's a six six NBA player, but Kobe doesn't have the 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 athletic ability of Michael Jordan. He doesn't have the brute strength and size of Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron James, or the height of a Magic Johnson. What allowed Kobe to become one of the greats and mentioned among people he never should even be mentioned uh with was his mind, his mentality, the Mamba mentality. And that's these volumes. If you can't learn from Kobe's life and learn from this tragic situation, then something's wrong. Because that's that is so important for me that I took away from this week. Kobe's mentality and his mindset was so brilliant that it allowed him to go to a stratosphere that normally he wouldn't even been able right, to go to. Right, he right. wouldn't be mentioned with those people if he didn't have that uh-huh. mentality. And so the mamba mentality, uh, and I'm gonna let you jump in here. Yeah. It, it just speaks to, to a level of greatness. And I know you can explain it better than me, but it, it, it speaks to a level of greatness that I think we all should aspire, um, to be. So again, our first episode, we want to dedicate to Kobe Bean, Brian, the Black Mamba, uh, you know, the, just just for who he was, what he represented, the dad that he was becoming, uh, of course, to all those that lost their lives in that, that tragic accident. And just to appreciate the the, the impact that Kobe had uh, on the world, five-time champion, NBA MVP, uh, but like 18 times All-Star, All-Star. Yeah. 15 probably times <clears throat> doing All-NBA, just, yeah. you know, all defense, he was just a great player. What, yeah, what, uh, go what, ahead. what really set Kobe apart was um,
1: his ability to mentally and psychologically approach the game. And I think that's what we're gonna see over the next 20 years is the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Because um, what Kobe brought to the game of basketball, you know, everybody called him. You know, they, Kobe would even admit 90% of everything that we saw from Kobe Bryant, you know, he physically took it from Michael Jordan. <clears throat> But what's interesting about Kobe's development as an individual and as a player is, he said he grew up, his favorite players were Magic Johnson, Kareem, James Worthy, you know, Byron Scott. These were the guys um, he grew up idolizing and trying to emulate, but there were so many physical characteristics that he mirrored in Michael Jordan that he began to embrace the physical gifts that Michael Jordan brought to the court, and so it just speaks to his ability to approach the game um, from a psychological standpoint. His 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 preparation was very logical. He was very concise in how he approached um, every element of basketball, from his workouts to his competition. Uh, everyone knows the infamous Jason Williams story when he says he showed up uh, for a game and Kobe was in there working out. He began to work out. And, you know, um, he ended up working out for a good hour, hour and a half. And he said when he got there, Kobe was in a dead sweat. You know, he was already there like a good while. And so Jason said he ended up finishing his workout and he went to the weights. And he said when he came out the weight room (laughs) an hour later, he still heard a ball dribbling. You know, (laughs) so he went back in the gym. He said Kobe was still in there working out. And he said, after the workout, he asked him, you know, man, why, why do you work out like that? Why do you do that? And he said, and Kobe just simply responded because you came in.
0: <laughs> and so,
1: <laughs> this dude's level of preparation, competitiveness. Jason Williams said it very brilliantly when he said, there is a level of competition, of competitiveness. I'm, I wasn't prepared for at that point. And so it took his game to another level. Prior to the motorcycle accident, so just the mentality that Kobe Bryant had—he was Jay, okay. You're talking about Jay, yeah, Williams. Jason Williams, yeah, yeah, Jay Williams. He wasn't gonna allow—not um, not white chocolate,
0: Jay Williams, <laughs> yeah, Jay, not Jason. Jason Williams is white chocolate. Yeah, Jay Williams is the Jay Williams from the Chicago Bulls. <clears throat> but
1: Kobe Bryant simply um, just represents a um, psychological milestone for um, what the players um, have set in terms of a standard of how they should approach basketball, how how they should approach um, their careers. Outside of basketball, um, removed from his retirement, Kobe began to become an ideal to people. And I think that's why the impact of his death is so hard-hitting for a lot of people. They don't even play basketball. They may not have even liked him when they were playing. Everybody saw his final game. You know, um, it just it, it left a mark. That last game wasn't about beating the Utah Jazz. That last game was about watching Kobe Bryant's wizardry at work. We got to see a 38-year-old score 60 points on his last legs on his way out the door with no motivation other than, this is my final game, I'm going out on my terms. That's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. That's Kobe Bryant. I'm going out the way I want to go out kill his injury uh broken fibula um uh torn rotator cuff it didn't matter kobe bryant was going to leave the nba on his own term why
0: do you why do you think kobe was so maniacal in terms of doing something every day to further his because that we have to ask ourselves where that we know what we call it now we know what he dug it but well, why do you think he because he's the first one he's the first one we've ever seen to do it. jordan well, was great. Dr. J, Magic, Kareem, none of them were doing something every day working on their body or their basket. Nobody was doing that before Kobe. So why do you think, or how, you being a Kobe uh, historian, what pushed him to that point where he woke up every day saying, there's something I got to do to better, because I, I take that as a light. Listen, if I died right now, as I was telling somebody, I already know I would be ashamed because I've 40, 50% on the table. No matter how good someone may look on the outside and say, oh, you did a good job. I know internally I've left 50, 60% of my life on the table by just not going after and taking that next step. Yeah. Kobe spent every day, <laughs> every day furthering his game. After he retired, he spent every day furthering whatever it is he was working on, whether it was a documentary that won Oscar deal Basketball whether that was the Mamba Academy, which was kind of, in a way, the first of its kind. Yeah. The the body armor deal, that nobody was drinking body armor, now it's in every major retailer in the United States. So just, where do you think that maniacal mindset comes from, and why, don't, why isn't it something that people exhibit? Why don't we see it more often in other walks of I around? think it's, it's, it's for the same reason you don't see a lot of Usain
1: Bolt walking around, or you don't see a lot of Serena Williams walking around. <clears throat> It is it's something that you're born with, you know. That mindset, that mentality, that type of work ethic, you can culture it, you can um, you can sew into it, you can encourage it, but you cannot teach it and you cannot create it. Kobe Bryant said at the age of two years old, he knew what he was put on planet Earth to do. How many people walking around <laughs> do you know at two years old can say that? Like he knew God put him on this Earth to play the game of basketball. So when you have that and you have the correct environment, you know, you, you have a dad that is also an NBA player. You're around the game. You grow up around the game. You know, they bring you up playing the game. You learn to love the game. You learn, um, then you, you, you also temper them with the fact that Kobe Bryant spoke like four or five languages.
0: I think that had a lot know, to do with it too. If Kobe Bryant grows in, in America, I don't, I don't know if Kobe becomes that kind of player if he grows up oh, in America. No, no, no. I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe so either. That's, that's part of what put that switch in his yeah. head to to know how to be that individual and, and know how to I, excel.
1: I, I think it's different ingredients for everybody. I, you can't say that if LeBron James grew up in the situation Kobe grew up in and Kobe grew up in the same situation LeBron James grew up in, would their play styles be the same? Absolutely not. They would not be the same. <clears throat> they would have access to different things. Um, you know. Who would be better is a for debate, but the fact of the matter is there are a lot of intangibles and uncontrollable things that go into making a Kobe Bryant. There will never be another um, Kobe Bryant. There, there simply won't be. So, to the question is is an unfair question. Like, what does that mindset come from? That maniacal mindset I, that is specific to who Kobe Bryant is. I don't think that's something you can try to duplicate. It. You can encourage. Um, similar attributes and others, but the fact of the matter is, Kobe is one of those individuals that, um, by nature, was very driven, very focused, and he knew what he wanted at an early age, and he knew he was not going to be denied that thing.
0: I want you to talk in a second about, because um, you you had me thinking about why we why we attach ourselves to people we don't necessarily know, like these sports figures, athletes musicians whoever it is politicians we attach ourselves to them in a certain way and it's like why why do we do that because you hit something you you talked about how kobe inspired you to go back to school right graduate from college do all that stuff and so i want to hear your point on that but first i just i want to i wanted to talk about um more so of a, a funny story with kobe Kobe to me was the first athlete of that status and that level to be himself in front of the media. Right. Never, we never yeah. saw that before. Yeah. Magic wasn't himself. Larry wasn't himself. Michael wasn't himself. None of them, we don't know any of them. And we don't know any of these people. But Kobe and now LeBron, they let us in to see. A certain aspect about them, how they felt about things, their vulnerability. Um it, it's just interesting to me to, to watch that. And and that's another thing. I think Kobe, he'll he'll get credit for it uh later on, but it was it was interesting to me because he went through where he was looked at as this cookie cutter kid straight out of high school. We all remember my earliest memory of Kobe. A lot Kobe. of people don't know that. A lot of my, people don't know yeah, that. my earliest memory of Kobe is him yeah. and Brandon. At, right, like, right, the prom. right Right. Right. Cause I love Brandy. We all love Brandy and Monica was was that was right. our Beyonce uh back then. So um everybody knows where they were when Kobe and, and Brandy went. To, everybody wanted to be the dude taking Brandy prom. Yeah. Like that was that was that was bananas. And so you see this cookie cutter, next Jordan, bald head kind of thing yeah. that they wanted Kobe to be. And of course he started getting into a lot of uh On the court, views with Shaq—that was kind of minute in comparison to what in Colorado happened. When a lot of people was jumping off the bandwagon, right? endorsement deals. Lost endorsement. You know, he lost all that, and to see this dude—and I heard somebody was talking about—see this dude go, go, go to trial for something he was falsely accused of. His freedom being threatened. Come home, drop 35 every game. That—that's. No normal person can do that. Yes. None of us have ever been in a position like that where we can still overachieve in our field when our very freedom is being threatened. Right. That's right. that's bananas. Right. It's something wired differently on a dude that can do <clears throat> that. So to see once he go through all that to, to to beat that case, to then have that mindset of, okay, I, I don't have to do this cook, cookie cutter thing no more. I can be myself so what do you see after that you see kobe in the media if he didn't like the media, if he wanted to curse out the media some days he, he cussed out you. the media Some days, if he wanted to tell his teammates y'all playing like trash he told his teammates y'all playing like trash but he also had other things that he did um that was just that showed who he was especially later on in his life how he, what he did for women's basketball and shine the light on it how he was raising his daughter a lot of people don't know Mamba. uh the Mamba um, Academy had a volleyball team as well, that yeah. his oldest daughter plays on. So Kobe just gave us a really glimpse and a authenticity that no other athlete at that level, um, his relationship with his parents, seeing him go through trials and tribulations of that we don't have that kind of uh um openness with other athletes. So a part of a part of that made us feel like we know him. We watched him grow from this, this this high school kid to become one of the biggest athletes to ever walked the planet. We grew up with him, we saw his trials, his good times, his tribulations. And so that's, that's kind of my fun Col- uh, Colby story of just seeing him uh, you know, go to that level. But I want you to speak on uh, just how he motivated you to go back to school and, you know, our attachment to to athletes and and people we may may look up to that we don't necessarily know. Kobe's death specifically, you know, um, it it
1: revealed a lot of um, what people uh, would view as um, a very personal connection for them. I I think that um, for me, Kobe has always been an ideal. The ideal of Mamba mentality is not something that you just say, it's not something that, you know, you tag as a hashtag. I also, um, I understood what that meant just because once Kobe, once I began to really grasp on to um, who Kobe was on the court, I also followed him off the court, you know, while he was still in the game. And so, I understood his tenacity. I understood a lot of things about how he approached life, <clears throat> the issues with his parents, a lot of those things. How he struggled um, with isolation and and all of that kind of stuff. I identified with all of that. so when he would talk about his driving force toward um, his goals and how he approached his goals, how he approached um, his life, um, his, his, his um, consistency as a father, his consistency as a basketball player, his consistency as a teammate, all of those things Kobe Bryant began and understood, they all get the same amount of work and time. And so as he, you know, opened up more and more closely in his career. I began to understand a lot about his mentality just from listening to his motivational speaking and and hearing his interviews. And so it really drove me toward what am I waiting on? I'm, Three years into a degree that I had started when I was 21 or 22 and um, I work in the mental health field and I was like, what's stopping me from really achieving this? And so I went back to school, I got that degree. Um, I got the job I wanted, now I'm back in school again. Um, to get another credential, and just to continue move forward. Mama mentality is that it is being the best possible person that you can be. It is simply that, whether you're a basketball player, or a foreman, or an electrician, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. Mama mentality is simply being the best possible you you can be, and that's all Kobe Bryant wanted to do. His aspirations was initially were to be the greatest basketball player ever, but he understood. It. He said it himself. It was a very superficial and fleeting (laughs) thing. (laughs) And so what was the next thing that he could do that would bring value to himself and those around him? How can I make my teammates better? How can I make my organization better? How can I inspire others in the same way I've inspired myself? And he began to work on those things. And that, that thing that he discovered to bring the best out of people was creating emotional connections with his teammates and with his front office and now with the world. So now that Kobe Bryant is gone, his legacy still remains. You saw the effect he had on his daughter. His daughter, in turn, got him back involved with the game. Kobe Bryant did not attend many basketball games after he retired. It was Gigi that got him back into the games because she began to develop an appreciation and love for the game, and it, in turn, caused him to come back around the game. So even in death, Kobe's legacy, those connections are all still there, and it's inspiring the world. Um, I think it was Damian Lillard who just said recently um, after the game, I think he dropped like 45, 48 points the other night, and he said when he first got the news about Kobe, um, his thought process was, okay, well, he got this this message about Kobe that that had come to his phone, and his next thought was, well, I was waiting on the message that said, you know, he escaped the helicopter on, with a parachute. <laughs> because that's just the, yep. the, immortal, the immortal nature of Kobe Bryant. The, the ideal of him. People always thought that he would always be here. And he's a man just like we are. <clears throat> and Kobe understood his mortality more than anybody else. So I think that the greatest service we can do to the memory and and death of Kobe Bryant and the others that were on the on that uh, helicopter is to fully appreciate um, what it is he um, was bringing and has brought to the world, and that is an overwhelming confidence in each other's ability to do and be the best people that we can be. And so, um, my sole focus now is toward that effort in being the best possible man I can be, father I can be, husband I can be, coworker. I can be, and just take that culture um, everywhere I go <clears throat> and try to inspire as many people in that way as I possibly can. And so... Um, for, um,
0: for the last uh, two to three minutes that we have left on our first show, um, I just wanted, wanted you to give your favorite, I guess, Kobe story on the court and off the court. My favorite uh, on the court is no doubt Jordan telling Kobe he can wear the shoes, but he'll never feel the shoes. And Kobe dropping forty-five. <laughs> uh, was it, forty in the first half? What fifteen in the 15 second, half? second half. half? Fifty-five, dropping five. fifty-five on Jordan head, uh, just for good measure. Yeah, ascending you know, Jordan on, on his way to retirement. My favorite, but my really, and I keep saying it's a lot of favorite stories, but to me the most profound thing that Kobe ever said was at his retirement jersey retirement ceremony when he told his daughters, if you just push yourself, just push yourself. The times that you don't want to get up, get up. The times that you need to stay late and you don't want to stay late. Uh, you know, the times that you, you need to do something and your body does not want to do, do it anyway. Keep doing it, keep doing it. And he said, what you'll discover is your dreams won't come true. Your dreams won't come true. Keep doing it, like, keep going. You, do, you want to stop, keep going. Force yourself to keep going. He said, what you'll discover is your dreams won't come true Something better will. Yeah, most profound thing he ever said. To me. That's motivation. That's that motivation you need when you because there's a lot of times we do not want to do stuff. But that's my favorite. Uh, my favorite thing Kobe said. It my favorite, real, yeah, real quick. Uh, my favorite on the court
1: uh, Kobe moment is uh, after Kobe is up to one against the. I want to say it was the Celtics. I might be wrong about that. And they asked Kobe in the interview, "You must be excited. You know, you guys are up to." Um, On 2-1 on the Celtics and Kobe's not smiling. He's got the the death stare. Are you talking about in the finals? In the finals. When they played the Magic. And they ask him, uh, you're not excited. Kobe says, what's there to be excited about? Job's not done. Is the job done? (laughs) (laughs) No. Job's not done. Nothing to be excited. He understood that There's nothing to celebrate until you have finished the work. My favorite off-the-court moment with Kobe um, is the the video that had surfaced of him in his house practicing with his daughter. And I think that is who Kobe Bryant is. No cameras, no media, no mom, no, no black mom, but it's just Kobe and Gigi in their home, practicing, having a good time, enjoying the game of basketball. I think that's who Kobe was at his heart. Kobe loved his family and he loved people. And so um, those are my two favorite moments uh, from Kobe Bryant.
0: Oh, very well said, brother. Um, I think that's all we got, we're about out of time, but again, uh, for Jay Ward in his absence, Josh Harvey, I'm no arrest. You know, I hate that this had to be our first episode, but at the same time, it's a celebration of somebody we uh, all admired, and, you know, it's it's one of them things that we'll never forget, but it's something we definitely should use to motivate us on how we live our lives. And, And it's a reminder our life's like vapors. We're here every day, gone. That's just the reality of this life. So thank you everybody for tuning in uh, to our first episode. Uh, catch us next time.